Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO, and the iHeart Radio app. We're here till 10 o'clock tonight, 284-1040, 284-1040, celebrating another Iowa win, 48-31 to over the University of Minnesota. The fourth straight win over the Golden Gophers. That means Floyd of Rosedale will reside in Iowa City for yet another season. Uh, I, I think it was Anthony Nelson after the game, Ross, said it's the best trophy in college football. Do you agree with that? It's the best trophy in college Ooh, football? Oh, man, it's a pretty cool one. Let's, I mean, it... it, it but... I mean, you got the old oak and bucket. You there's got Paul so Bunyan's axe. There's so many that you could. Yeah. There's so many in college football now. I think that's a tough claim. I did see a really great art. Did you see the thing that uh, Blackheart Gold Pants did this week about the the rivalry in Florida Rosedale? It was a pretty cool story. And you know, you the history of it. You know how this got started between the governors and the bet yeah. and all that stuff. There, that's pretty cool. Like, there's no. That's very grassrootsy. Yeah, very natural. That, now, I, that that I, I would say that. of the four Iowa g- trophy games, it's the best Iowa trophy game. Agreed. And, yeah. and again, it, we're not talking about the game, the rivalry. He's it, when you say it's the coolest D- trophy, trophy. Yeah, I think a big bronze pig's kind of a yeah. cool trophy. You know, if I had, if I had to rank the trophies, the trophies themselves, it goes Floyd Heartland Trophy, Cyhawk Trophy. And then that stupid heroes trophy they have with the Nebraska game. A dude that loves his Hawkeyes, and I would imagine has power ranked the uh, the the trophies at one point in his life, <laughs> is our friend John, who's calling in from New Jersey. John, is it the coolest trophy in all of college football? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, the jeweled shillelagh uh, for Notre Dame, USC. Um, you also have the old oaken bucket. Yep. You've got the victory bell between UCLA and USC. See, there's, there's so a there's a lot of good ones. ones. Yeah, great, great's the right word. Bowl. Yeah, I, I, but I think Floyd of Rosedale is up there with the best trophies in college football. But if you're talking about a rivalry game, I think every Hawkeye fan would say. We don't measure ourselves against the Golden Rodents. We measure ourselves against the Badgers. <laughs> Love it, John. That's fair. And the Badgers, by the way, winning uh, right before halftime, beating Nebraska 20-3 to right now. Uh, and in other news, water is wet and the sky is blue. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us tonight, uh, John? I, uh, the interesting stat, before I came on, I did my own research uh, and looked back to the start of the 2015 season, and I sent this to Ross. I think this stat will blow Hawkeye fans' minds. Since the start of the 2015 season, when Iowa scores 25 or more points in a game, they are a staggering 25-1. and one. Mind blown. 25 points I, or 25-1. and one. Wow. 20, yeah, 25 points or more in a game. Iowa is 25-1 since the start of the 2015 season. And I remember during the bye week, people were saying, and I remember listening to Ross, uh, you on the Hawk Central podcast, Chad Lysico and Mark Emmert, and you saying they need to open up the offense. So then when we scored all these points, I'm thinking, one, that's not good for our defense. But two, if we're going to play Big 12 defense, I'd rather uh, win in a shootout. And that led me to see what, what, what the trend was. And I think that that shows 
when you get into a dogfight and you try to battle teams in the Big Ten in a phone booth like Kirk Ferentz always has, you're going more often than not to play close games that you have to play perfect. If you open up your offense, you give your defense more chances than not to bail you out of situations and allow yourself to play with a lead rather than playing not to lose but to play to win. John, thanks for the phone call, man. We always love hearing from you, buddy. Good stuff. Be, Have a good one. Be yep. safe in New Jersey. Don't let do. don't let the uh, the trash man get you. And now with the what's that? When uh, who was that? What are you Sean? talking about? The the Sopranos they, weren't they in trash collection? Waste management. Well, that's the trash man. What do you think waste management it's is? Not the trash man. It's waste management. They had a bunch of trucks. Okay. <laughs> Don't wind up in the weeds. All right, let's go to Frank in Des Moines. Frank, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Good evening. Um, how's everybody there? Doing well, Doing Frank. Well. Sugared what you, up. What do you know, sir? Well, uh, listen, I, I, I love Hawkeye football, and and you know, uh, I've many times heard them go up to Minneapolis and, and uh, um, play the Gophers, and, and uh, they're they're a dangerous. Even on a bad year, they're dangerous. And and uh, so my my thing is mm. that, that that we didn't have the classic defense today, and uh, uh, we uh, kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit. My my view is as a coach uh, that that um, they had an opportunity to put them away in the first half, just put them completely away, and they never did. They let them off the hook, and so they were so that leaves them dangerous for the whole game. Look what happened between Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the better team, but Texas beats them 48 to 45. It's like, well, how could this ever happen? Well, they left the door open, and Texas just walked through it. And so, my view in basketball or football, if you got an opportunity to, to uh, uh, you know, just just shut the door in the first half or third quarter or whatever, but in this case, the first half. Uh, that's what you do. You, you, you. Uh, it's like blood in the water with the sharks. You know, the blood's in the water. What are you? Are you going to swim away? Finish the game in the first half. It, I, I get what you're saying, Frank. But but let's go to the first half. That wasn't a defensive problem. That was a Nate Stanley problem throwing a pick uh, and putting Minnesota right in the in their own red zone. So that wasn't a defense leaving the door open. That was an Iowa offense screwing up and making a really bad play. And Kirk Ferentz, I think, even said it. You take 14 points away from this team, from Minnesota, which he believes those two turnovers that the Hawks had gave them 14 points, we're looking at this completely differently. And I, I, and, and, I compl- and, and I completely agree with it. And that's, yeah. not, that's why we're not hitting the panic. That you, your brother's freaking out. Iowa put up 48 points tonight. Yes, they gave up 31, but you, you you do have to take into account the turnovers. Now, turnovers will kill you. Two weeks ago against Wisconsin, you weren't here. You were up there that, fishing. But I, but I watched the, it. And those, watched. Yeah, I mean, and those were dumb turnovers. You do have to stop those mental mistakes. But I think when we look offensively, that Iowa can win without having to run the ball for 200 yards. Mm-hmm. You go for 106, but yet Nate Stanley goes 23 of 39. You'd still like a couple more completions yeah. in that 39. You, you throw one pick, which is a horrible pick, but he goes for 314. I'll take that. If you can put 48 points up, Score off turnovers. I'm okay with it. I don't. Yeah. yeah again, this, I think that this the is door one of those was games. A, the door showed you light. It wasn't open. You'll look at this at the end of the year. You'll remember the 48-31. This was not a 17 point game. 
that's what Coach Ferentz, I think, is in a diplomatic yes. way trying to say. Yeah. We beat this team. And a couple of stupid mistakes. A few, and by the way, the five penalties, almost all of them you can remember. Like, they're, they're yes. horribly timed penalties. And that's been a recurring I, I, theme this I'm gonna year. I'm going to ask a question to you, Ross. And it's not how good of a singer Nick, uh, Stevie Nicks was. It's this. She was good. She was good. I'm going to ask you this. At any point, did you think Iowa was going to be challenged in the football game? No. No. And that's, that's what you have to do to your gut, right? When we watched the Oklahoma-Texas game, you always knew Oklahoma had it to come back. And it did. Even though it lost, it was down two touchdowns in the fourth. And you're like, yeah, I, I'm not buying this yet. Not once during today's game did I go, oh, this is, they're going to come back. I can tell you, I've got it written down. The only time my confidence even waned a little, Travis, was when you're up 14 nothing and Minnesota puts together that long drive yeah. to make it 14-7. There was that moment of... Uh, maybe they've figured something out here. Yeah. Maybe this, there's something different happening with this offense that we weren't expecting. But that was it. They, they came right back. Hawks put another touchdown up. Uh, that was on the um, uh, fake fake field goal. Yeah, which was which was a brilliant call. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on. But let's go to the phone to 284-1040. We're going up to Wisconsin. That's where Ernie is. Ernie, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off at News Radio 1040 WHO. Yeah, good good evening. Hey, I just uh, want, I, I've watched Nate um, from his hometown, and he aired it out in high school. I just wish we could air it out a little bit more. Well, I don't think that's going to fall into what Kirk Ferentz wants to do. I mean, you're looking at, what, a 60-40 run-pass split, Ross? Yeah. Ernie, this is something we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks with this, and it, maybe that's probably been the one recurring criticism from week one has been the the lack of those deep balls. And we've talked to a lot of different people about it. I, we're lucky enough on Monday nights, I mentioned that we talked to Chuck Long. Sage Rosenfels is also on with us. I mean, between those two guys, they've been a part of something like a million football games. And they both said the same thing, that almost every team they've been a part of, the offense would have a conversation about the fact that you've got to take a couple of long shots down the field. In the first half, you want to take two or three just to remind the defense that that's something you're willing to do. And it, I think, Travis, you hit it on the head. It's just not something that Coach Ferentz sees value in. And, and, and Ernie, stay right there. I'm going to play this. And I played it last hour, but I think it's worth playing again. On Minnesota stopping the run, listen to the way he talks about the pass. Clearly, we're going to make it tough for us to run the football, really. Uh, you know, crowd in the box, uh, their, their uh, safeties especially. We're aggressive getting down there. And, um, you know, it became pretty clear we're going to have to throw the football. And not, not that we're against that, but... Uh, uh, you know, to that point, yeah, we made some really good plays, and you know, there are two critical errors that we had to throw the football. Not that we're against that. To me, I interpret that as like, well, we're not against it, but we sure as hell don't want to but do it's it. Definitely option right. two. Yeah, that's option <laughs> yeah, right, two, right? Right. right yeah. So, yeah. all right. Thanks, Ernie. Appreciate it. Good call. And Ernie, thanks yeah. for listening up in Wisconsin. That's yeah, we appreciate really cool. that. From, from yeah. Nate Stanley's hometown. Appreciate that. 284 1040. Justin in Urbandale, Jason in Newton, and Steve in St. Paul. Stay on hold. We're going to get to your phone calls. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040, WHO. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by JLM Gun Shop and Brunel Mutual Reinsurance Company. Out of the shotgun, Ivory Kelly Martin. 
Back there with Stanley. He now leaves the area. They throw it to Kelly Martin. He's wide open at the five-yard line. That's a first and goal. Again, the motion really getting to the Minnesota defense. That was on a third and seven, Ross. It led to Iowa's first score of the game. On that first drive of the game, Iowa went for it on fourth and two and converted, went for it on third and seven and converted that first down, 10 of 19 on third down conversions today, uh, two of two on fourth down conversions, Iowa over Minnesota, 48 to 31. Let's go back to the phones because people are calling on a Saturday night, and that's what we like, 284-1040. We're going to Urbandale. That's where Justin is. Justin, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, good win for the Hawkeyes. Um couple quick things here. Uh, did you notice that Amir Smith-Marset was taking returns for most of the game? I think Gronawig got in there and maybe caught a fair catch. Towards the end of the game, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I, I want to say end of the third quarter, yep. beginning of the fourth, somewhere around there. I thought that was interesting, um, given his game against Wisconsin. But uh, uh, the thing I wanted to really mention, and I called into Jim Albrecht's show, but he didn't answer the question. <laughs> So, the two freshman cornerbacks, I turn the TV on, I see a couple guys in there, they say freshman cornerbacks. I'm like, what? So, do you know what happened or why they started the freshman? They did a great job. You know, they had kind of a shaky beginning of the game, but they uh, they got it ironed out there. Do I have an what answer of why think? they started? I don't. I, I will say this. Uh, Riley Moss, you're right, struggled. But he got better as the game went along. Came back with two interceptions. But I, I think you would agree with me, Justin. Ojemudia was not great against Wisconsin, was he? No, I don't think he was great. I just didn't know. I mean, that was pretty drastic. I could, you know, one wouldn't surprise you, but two. I mean, two. So it was just surprising because I didn't hear anything about it all week long. I we, Justin, I will tell you, show. on Hawk Central on Wednesday, Mark and Chad both told us to expect this. They, they thought that Riley Moss would even have a chance at getting the start today. So... I, I don't know if this. I, yeah, I, again, maybe it's combination of maybe it's a combination of a couple things there, uh, Justin. But I don't. Uh, yeah, wish I could tell you we did. We didn't get a definitive answer today. Well, and, and here's what Kirk Ferentz. I don't think he gave a definitive answer, but here's what he had to say about Riley Moss. And uh, Riley, you know, they they went after him pretty hard. We we kind of feared they might, uh, and that's something they've been doing is throwing the ball down the sideline. So. Um, you know, he, he had a tough time or two, but then he kept fighting and uh, to come up with a couple of picks, that's, that's pretty impressive. And don't get me j- get wrong, Justin. I think early in the game, Ross and I were both sitting here going, oh, d- oh my, they're picking on him, yeah. and they kept going. I mean, d- we were screaming yeah, at the TV. Yeah, but I, I was pretty nervous about it, too, but uh, yeah, those guys really uh, came through. Both of them, Brent and Moss, really came through with a couple of nice games. Justin, I, I think the interesting part is when you check, I think especially during the bye week, and this is just my hypothesis. This is what I think. I'd like to know what you think, Ross. I want to know what you think. It's all how guys respond, right? Ojemudia didn't have a good game against Wisconsin. Then when you challenge somebody during a week off and then another week saying, hey, you've got to step your game up. It's how do you react to criticism? How do you react yeah. with, hey, we're going to open this up. You better play a lot better or we're gonna, you're not going to have your spot. And I, that's just... That's what happens if if a guy loses his spot. How is he doing mentally? Because we all we all react differently to criticism or how we play or if we're if we're pointed out in film, we we can just start pouting. Or and I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying there's always more to how you challenge somebody and how they're going to react to it. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, the future looks bright there at the quarterback position. Really, for the whole team, with the exception of Fant, 
um, you know, they've got uh, another season. They're going to have a nice season this year, and uh, yeah, they got potential for a pretty darn good one next year too. So now we didn't answer oh, your question. Hey, we didn't answer your question, but do we have a better dialogue for you? Oh yeah, well, I, you know, I'll keep asking until somebody can, and uh, if you guys, you know, hear something, well. You know, here, bring it up it, on one of the various radio shows. And I want to. I don't know if you listen to Ross and the Sports Fanatics, but when does Chad? Oh, and, yeah. yeah, Justin listens. Yeah. Okay, so when, when when night is that? Wednesday night. Chad comes on. Chad and Mark join me for Hawk yeah. Central. All right, thanks, yeah, Justin. I listen to it religiously. I just happened to miss it this week, so I was kind of out of touch. And that all took me by surprise. Hey, and real quick, you guys have a good night, Justin. Real quick before you go, uh, Fleetwood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fleetwood Mac, are they adequately appreciated? Sure. Okay. All okay. Right. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate the call, man. Yeah. Let's go up to St. Paul and th- th- see what Steve thinks. Steve, is Fleetwood Mac adequately appreciated as a band? I think so. Okay. I think that, I think we're all on the same page right. here. Yeah. Christine what, McVie or Stevie Nicks? Pardon? Nah, that's a question for afterwards. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> hey, um, I, I've got a comment on... Uh, why I think Floyd Rosedale is the best trophy. Okay. Go ahead. Right. When I was a kid, uh, I thought it was, you know, I, when, I, when I was a kid, like probably most kids, I looked at that trophy thinking, what is, what is up with that thing? And I thought, it, I thought it was stupid. But then if you look at the history, and if you look at um, the University of Minnesota's history, do you, guys, do you guys know why Jack Trice Stadium is called Jack Trice Stadium? Well, we know the story of Jack Trice, Steve. Is that what you is that what you're is that what you mean? But Who Jack Trice? Do you Trice? know what do you know what university is tied to Jack Trice? Oh, was it Minnesota that that uh, put the hit on Jack Trice? You or was it correct. Iowa State that kept him in the game? Get this though. So that was it, it was a game in 1923. Jack Trice was the first black, first black athlete at Iowa State and he was killed because well, again, that was in 1923, playing at Minnesota. He was killed, and a lot of people say it was because of race, because they were pile, they were piling on, and they were you know they would pile on and they would do things in the do- in the dog pile. And I encourage people to Google that if they you know if they want to learn more about that. So that was 1923, University of Minnesota, Iowa State. Has Iowa State ever played? Minnesota since I don't think they have. I would. I actually thought Dan McCarney uh-huh. did. Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but I actually think McCarney in Minnesota or some of the McCarney teams played Minnesota. But I have to go back and look. So, so Steve, kind of wrap this up for us though. How does Jack Trice tie into the Floyd history of Rosedale. Floyd Rosedale? Well, I, I I find it interesting that we've got Iowa, Iowa State, Minnesota, and it's all. And what else is involved in that triangle? Race. All right, here's here's Steve. Here's where I thought you were going to go with this. All right, is that here? The, so here's some history, that, and because I thought Steve was going to tie this around beautifully for us. 1934, Iowa plays the Golden Gophers, and Iowa's star halfback Ozzie Simmons gets the same sort of treatment. They're piling on, they're hitting him late. The following year, the the the, the Gophers have a great season, and their coach receives a flood of threatening letters from Iowa fans. He requests special police. The the governors got together to try to calm down that race relation.
This is a Fox News alert. I'm Joe Chiro. President Trump showing his excitement that Brent Kavanaugh has been confirmed as the next justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. We have a great new Supreme Court justice, and he's going to be there for many years. We are very, very proud of him and what he and his family had to endure. And it's a it's a great testament, and it's a testament also to our country. The president speaking in Topeka, where he hosted a rally, said a minority leader Chuck Schumer today before the vote. Change must come from where change in America always begins, the ballot box. So to Americans, the so many millions who are outraged by what happened here, there's one answer, vote. Kavanaugh was confirmed by the Senate 50 to 48. Swearing-in ceremony is Monday night at the White House. This is a Fox News alert. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by the Iowa Lottery, Cookies Food Products, and American Trust. Stanley, good protection, throws into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Touchdown, T.J. Hawkinson! Touchdown, Iowa! That put Iowa up 7-0 en route to a 48-31 win over the Golden Gophers today in Minneapolis. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. Ross, because our listeners are smart. And we don't have all the answers. And by the way, we've never claimed to have all the answers. No. Uh, and I didn't get to really listen to the pregame show on this morning, and neither did you. But people are letting us know. Nick says, hey, they said uh, Hankins had a cast on his hand and Ojemudia was dinged up. Adam says both corners were hurt. Uh, Hankins and a cast, Ojemudia available but dinged up. We, and again, on Wednesday night, that stuff was known. They were looking at, uh, we even had uh, Coach Parker on with us, asked him about this. He told us to keep an eye out for Riley Moss. We might see him. I didn't know for sure that we'd see him starting. So, yeah, that answers the question. Injuries there. Ben says, uh, holy S-bomb. Who gives an S-bomb, Steve? What a pointless call. Also, ISU played Minnesota in a bowl game a few years ago. That's where you're, you know, when you brought up race, that's what you want him to do. You want him to bring it around to the, to the I, race because well, he he was he mentioned he's like hey you guys want to hear a cool thing about Floyd or Rosedale and then do you know about Jack Trice? So I thought oh he this guy knows the story like the history yeah. and I again we were running out of time there. So what I we gave came you, up with are Minnesotans are racist. I gave you about stop it. What do you? We thought we agreed at the beginning of the day we were going to be nice today. Okay, Didn't that's I tell right. you? Yes. From seven to ten o'clock, but you said need, what they did I in nineteen twenty three, and then in nineteen thirty four. I just took it that that's what he was trying to say that Minnesotans were racist. No, listen, Travis, it was a different time. Okay? It was. I mean, it's horrible, and there's no justification. Just Jason calling in from Newton. Jason, how are you, sir? Thanks for calling Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Yeah, Travis. Uh, thanks for taking my phone call. Not a problem, Jason. Uh, <laughs> did uh, Heather bring you guys goulash to start the night? No, actually, dude, listen dude, to this look, story though, Jason. You're gonna love this. So we we show up today, and I don't know if you watch the uh, the halftime Facebook Live, but nope. Mike from Jethro's actually made homemade goulash for us. Now you can't go to a Jethro's and say, "Hey, I want some goulash," but we got a, a whole thing of goulash from Mike from Jethro's today. We also got and we have uh, to... wings, and we got uh, um, some Parmesan garlic chicken fingers. We got all sorts of sandwiches. You, you can't order goulash, like Travis said, from any of the Jethro's, but yeah. we want to explain what happened here. So early in the week, my co-host Chris Williams brought Keith Murphy a fall present, and he brought him a gourd. A gourd. 
So, following day, so this there, there's story number one. So following story, day, Megan Selwa from TV 13 sends out an, a, a tweet, says, hey, it's raining today. Make sure you got your umbrella. Make sure you got your galoshes. Make sure that you've... Uh, you you know, built your ark. You built your ark. Yeah. Well, Sean was really confused as to what those weird-shaped pumpkins have to do with the rain. So I asked him, hey, do you know what galoshes are? And he said, it's the weird-shaped pumpkin. And I said, no, that would be a gourd. And he had no idea where galoshes were. And then we brought up, well, do you know what goulash is? And he had no idea what goulash is. Thought the galoshes was, uh, was the pasta dish. Yes. Yeah. And so he can't pronounce goulash and galoshes because he, th- he says they're, they're the same. He goes, it's like goosebumps. And he says the yeah, goo. Yeah, he says that they both start with the same sound, that goosebumps. Goulash. It, it's not. Goulash. It's not goulash, and it's not goulash Goo- and goulash. Yeah, goo. So he, so he, he, you guys are the worst. Why would you bring this up on WHO of all stations? To bring this up on. Hey, it's just not my fault, Sean. You need a goulash today for dinner. Oh, hey, but my my real point of the call is uh, the Iowa offense. Kirk Ferentz doing that trickery play down on the goal line, and also uh, against Wisconsin, going on it for fourth and one down on the goal line. We're seeing a more aggressive Kirk, and uh, I think I kind of like it. Jason, and, uh, we've got some audio here for you that you might be interested in hearing when you're when you're deciding who to give the credit for on that creative play call. Look at this, some kind of fake coming on here. Well, they're showing a fake field goal attempt. Rastetter. Well, they shift a, a straight sideways pitch to Hawkinson, and he gets into the end zone for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? No. Cole well. Rastetter was up there barking like a quarterback in the shotgun, and the center, is that Subert? Yeah. Shifted it straight sideways to Hawkinson, who was in the line blocking. I love it. I love Ed saying, Ed's calling it. And Gary's like, well, hold on now, Ed. Yeah, that's funny. It's a couple times because Ed's on it, man. <laughs> yeah. Right away. He's done that a couple times. Uh, Jason, the other audio that we had, we didn't get a chance to capture this, but they did talk to Coach Ferentz afterwards, and Gary asked, Gary Dolphin asked him about, hey, you've, you've opened things up. You've been a little more creative here. And Coach shifted some of that credit back to Brian. So. Well, that's that's awesome to hear. Uh, and by the way, guys, all I'm going to say, hey, Sean, are you listening? He's there. He's barely listening. I think he's set down the Go t- Hokies. Oh, see, he's watching the Notre Dame game. See, Sean is a huge Notre Dame fan. And he's one of these fans, he's, he's obnoxious. If you're one of these fans that, like, during a game, especially if you're, like, over the age of, I don't know, 25, 26. No, 12. 12, and you start throwing things or you dance up and down when there's a, a, a big play, uh, you, you might have to check your fandom at the door a little bit. Listen, and I, wanna, I think there's some qualifiers here. Okay. Your team scores with three minutes to play in a game that, you didn't, in a game that you didn't think they were going yeah. to win. I don't care how old you are. Yeah. You jump out of your seat. Yeah. You're excited. You're, you're first, pumped okay, up. Okay, first drive of the game. First quarter in a college football game. Like when your team scores, you know you give it that. We all kind of get the yeah, yeah all yeah. right, good Looking start. Good. Here we go. Good, yeah, here we go. Looking good. You don't just yeah, woo. Jump up and down, woo! starts dancing. Adam's on his way home from the game. Adam, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio ten forty WHO. Adam, hey, how's it going? What's up, buddy? Call. Yeah, no you bet, man. What do you want to share with us? Yeah, I just had a couple of things to share. Uh, 
one thing I noticed on offense that I really think we need to improve on is uh, Nate Stanley needs to learn how to get rid of the ball a little quicker, maybe. Um, he's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. He's well-rounded. He can run it pretty good. But, that, that you know, the turnovers, the, the fumble and the pick, were results of him holding on to the ball. What's interesting about your observation there, Adam, and I pointed this out, I think, in, in hour number one, today, maybe more than any other game, including the Wisconsin game, is that I thought Stanley was pressured a lot more. And he felt he's felt pressure today maybe more than he has in the first four games of the season. And that might have been a, a case of what you're saying. You've got to react to that pressure. You got to know when you got to throw. That 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 pick right before halftime, I think, is a, is a perfect example. He could have thrown that way out of bounds long before he threw that thing, and he made a bad decision. That's a, that's a good observation on your part, especially when you're getting pressure you haven't had yet this season. Yeah, still, well, you know, like I said, and then and then my my observation on defense too that would involve uh, Boss number thirty three. In the, in the first half, he struggled a lot. He, he wouldn't look behind him. He would just kind of keep up with the receiver. But there's something I noticed is he really improved that in the second half, getting the, you know, two picks. Yeah. I was, I was impressed with that. He definitely improved. Right way to look at that, Adam. You're talking about a kid that's a true freshman. He's getting his first start on the road, and he makes the adjustments that need to be made and need to be made. And by the way, we're talking about a kid. They list him at what was it, Travis? Six foot one seventy. Six foot one eighty five. That means we're talking about a dude that's about five ten and a half. Okay, so uh, out there playing really good football. By the end of that game, I liked it a lot. What? Uh, Sean's dancing. Unbelievable. Boy, they get a first down. Notre Dame get a first down. Scoop and score, baby. <laughs> Should we have to deal with Adam? She's obnoxious Notre Dame fan. Thanks for the phone call, Adam. Appreciate it, buddy. Single coverage going to the end zone and nearly picked off. Or it is picked off. It is, it is, it is. They went after him one too many times. Riley Moss. (laughs) Riley Moss with the interception. And you heard Ed say it. They picked on him one too many times. I mean, I I think it's A, when you start a game, the nerves, right? Right. I mean, there's some big big factors in that. And then if if you keep picking on him, what I like about what Moss did, I'm not saying Moss... Is great. I'm not ready to say that, but he learned as the game went along. He adjusted. He he, he, he figured that, things out. He gets that pass intercept yes. or that pass interference called on him uh, when he didn't turn yep. his head around, and from that moment on, he seemed like a little bit of a different guy. He gets that interception, and all of a sudden, he's playing really good football after that. Because not only Travis, that calm your nerves. Now you're confident. Yeah. Now I just I just. I just outleaped a Big Ten wide receiver in the corner of the end zone. And, and he had, posi- down but an he had position on him, He too. did, right. I mean, he made the great play on that. And then he comes back. The second interception was a ball that was overthrown. He still makes the adjustment, sees the ball in the air, and goes and gets it. Fantastic game for him. 284-1040. Luke, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Luke. Hey, guys. Hey, I just had maybe a quick question. Maybe you could answer for me here. I I was noticed at the end of the game there they called Amani Jones for a targeting call there. Yeah. Uh, looks like he get, you know got a shoulder pad right into his chest. Uh, just kind of wondering what your 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 take was on that, and does that affect his availability for the next game? Well, as of right now, yes, he'll have to sit the first half of next game. Now, Kirk Ferentz said 
after the game that that may be reviewable to see if they could reverse it. I don't know if I'd call it an appeal, but I think they're going to get to look at it. It's the they confirmed on the field that it was a targeting call. Now there's that's a pretty big word, right? Confirmed in the officiating world means we looked at it, we're right, and we're not going to hesitate. And so I, I think they're looking at it a a defensive player. I would defenseless defenseless yeah. player. Sorry, and I, I would agree with you. It wasn't helmet on helmet. But if you're defenseless and you hit above the shoulder pads, that can be targeting too, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. And I do think there's an element to this of how violent of a hit it was. Not, not, not illegal, just the fact that it was a violent collision. And the optics of that look scary. The kid looks like he's hurt on the field. People are rushing out. And I think in that moment, it's you know a better safe than sorry type of situation and then once they see it they can rule him as a defenseless player but yeah Luke as of right now that means that uh, Amani Jones will be out next week in the in the first half of the uh, the game at Indiana thanks Luke I appreciate it man Sally and Reverend Ray stay on hold they want to talk Fleetwood Mac so I'm I, surprised it's taken this long to I be know. quite honest I mean listen we we were gonna we talked about Tom Petty off the air yeah Underrated till later in life. And now, and now that he's dead, which sucks, but Fleetwood Mac, gonna, Sally, Reverend Ray, we'll get your thoughts. They're going to be at Wells Fargo Arena next week. Next dude. week. Next Sunday, I think. October 14th. that next Sunday? Wow. Sure. Yes. Are you going? Hadn't planned on it, but maybe it's now. Available. It's Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I don't think Lindsey Buckingham's with them anymore. No, I know. Yeah, and That's I, a pretty last bi- time I saw them, he was the star of the yeah. show, I felt like. All right, so Sally and Reverend Ray, that ought to be interesting. We'll get your takes <laughs> when we come back on News Radio 1040 WHO. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by the Iowa Lottery, Cookies Food Products, and American Trust. Now, we had to ask Sean to play Tusk. Great line, though. He's like, hey guys, why does this sound like a college band is playing? Because it is a college band. It's the USC Trojan. Marching Those jerks? band. Ugh. No, you're thinking of Stanford. Well, I like Stanford. I like what they're about. Taunting people. <laughs> so Ross posed the question earlier. Is you is Fleetwood Mac underappreciated as a band? Or or are they because I, I think I'm in the camp of they're rightly appreciated. Not overrated, not underrated. They're rightly rated. Sean, don't shut this off. Just bring it down. We're going to bring Sally in. Sally, you waited on hold for like 25 minutes to talk about Fleetwood Mac, which is super cool on your part. Is Fleetwood Mac how- underappreciated or overappreciated? Oh, my God. I waited for how long? About how 25 minutes. Yeah, 25 about minutes. About 25 minutes. God. Well, like, thank God I'm driving in an Uber because I'm about to sleep. Um, I just want to tell you all this. So Fleetwood Mac, otherwise I'd like to call them Fleetwood Whack, is coming to Des Moines again. They are not Fleetwood Mac anymore without Lindsey Buckingham. Oh, Who I'm... the hell is Neil Finn? I love him as that Crowded House boy, but no. What is this? No. <laughs> that cr- was he in Crowded House? Oh, my God. He was like, honey, y'all are like 27, right? And what was that? I said, how old are you? You're probably young. You oh, don't know. Oh, sweetheart, old, I'm yeah? old. I'm an old fart. <laughs> 
Oh, you were like 50? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, you remember then the old songs. And now this boy can't sing like Lindsay. And first of all, he does not have the hair either. So I'm just going to say Fleetwood Whack is coming to town, <laughs> not Fleetwood Mac. Is this your real voice, Sally? Because if it is, I love it. I love it's super it. sexy. Well, I appreciate that, but it's it's I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I've tried sometimes. Usually it comes out a little bit more different times, but I try. And you're, but where, are you, your, where are you from, Sally? Because every now and again we get somebody from Iowa that has this twang. Where are you from? Well, originally I'm from Missouri, but right. I'm now living in Waukee. Well, it's, I want to call it hell, but I'm living out west of west of west Des Moines. It's nearly not Waukee. It's farther out than that, but it's close enough. Call every week, Sally. Yeah. Now, are you driving Uber tonight? I call hell. What's your favorite Fleetwood Mac song? Uh, Tusk is right up there. Well, guess what? Did anyone named Fleetwood or Mac sing that song? Uh, no, no that, was yeah. Lindsay, that was Lindsey Buckingham, wasn't it? All yeah, right, but I, now listen. tell me, what's your next favorite song? Tell but, me the next one. You can go your own way. Okay, did anyone named Fleetwood or, or Mac sing that song? No, I believe <laughs> Lindsey Buckingham sang that. Uh, well, yeah, and, and he and, had some help from some of those pretty ladies. But yeah. now, Okay, well, I feel in a theme here. Are you feeling it, too? I, I, I'm feeling it, Sally. I am. I feel like I want to give them a, this new band a chance because I'm going to call them new. But I don't want to spend that much money to get the damn ticket. But I don't know. I'm not happy with that. But I am real happy about the football games today. That's good. And that's what I was listening. And then I heard you all talking about Fleetwood Mac. And I was all like, oh, I got all my blood all boiling. And then I heard you talking about what the hell is goulash? Because I go to Jethro's a lot, and I've never heard what is that. Well, goulash is a pasta dish. It's more of a. It's what you have on Sundays it's when like it's a cold. Casserole. It's a casserole. Yeah, yeah. a casserole. Uh, well, and they serve that at Jethro's. No, 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 no. no, no they, they don't make this at Jethro's. They made it special for us tonight because Sean was. You know, it was either that special. or it was either that or cooked gourds. Yeah. Up, uh, up north, they call it in the Northeast. We were told they call it American chop suey. Oh. It's pretty oh, good. Different. If you drive an Uber, we got a little left over, so come on down to the station. We'll give you some. Well, I'll see if my man will drive us over, but I don't know if I can drive all the way downtown. All right, Sally. So, but I think that you all need to remember this. It's not a Fleetwood Mac concert. It's a what? Fleetwood, Fleetwood Whack. Whack. Yep. I love you, boys. Keep it real. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye. See ya. That was hot. <laughs> that's what we do. see sean's on tinder and bumble all the time and that's what we get that was hot love you boys reverend ray what's happening what's up, hey, shout out to the hawkeye nation for the win and uh sally from missouri and uh yeah they don't got goulash down in missouri it's an iowa thing man but hey uh in respect to uh fleetwood mac uh, what was the question, Travis? I'll, I'll go ahead and follow up with you. Are they uh, short-term memory's tough? Is it? Um, are they an underappreciated band? I mean, I know they're not Slipknot. Yes, in, in, they're also they're a great band. They deserve in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they're underappreciated for what you guys are talking about. Because originally they were an awesome power blues band before Lindsay and the girls joined. And the girls. Yeah. Oh well. It's an awesome, heavy song, and also uh, the Green Mavalici, which was covered by uh, Judas Priest. So, uh, but yeah, they come, they're coming to Des Moines then on the 14th? Yep. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I might actually be in town. I'm coming up. I want to go to the Slipknot Slaughterhouse. So, awesome. Thanks for taking my call. I'll uh, listen off air. Love you, Ray. Ray's the best. He's a smart so- dude. 
So Stevie or Christy? Oh, Stevie. They've all slept with each other, right? Yeah, the whole, like, Stevie Nicks was the one that dated Petty, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you like got a romance. No, no. the documentary, they no, 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 they were banging. No, no. no. slow Sean. down. We're on WHO, dude. Slow down. <laughs> Don't. Two eight four five nine six six. Jethro's barbecue sound off. We got another hour. And I'll we'll go in deeper on the Stevie Nicks Tommy Tom Petty thing. All right. There's more to that. I wouldn't necessarily call it a romance. Maybe there was tension, but I wouldn't call it a romance. More like what you do. WHO, Des Moines, and iHeart Radio Station. And on your HD radio, KDB HD2. News Radio 1040, WHO. From a judge to a justice, I'm Rich Dennison, Fox News. The Senate on Saturday confirming Brett Kavanaugh to a seat on the Supreme Court, followed by a swearing in. Republicans and Democrats still reeling from the long process. The 50 to 48 tally is one of the slimmest ever for a Supreme Court nominee. I always thought landslides were kind of boring anyway. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says Republicans refused to be intimidated by a mob. We stood up for... The presumption of innocence. Kavanaugh's nomination was put in doubt after accusations of sexual misconduct. Kavanaugh denied them. Republicans concluded there was no corroborating evidence. Minority leader Chuck Schumer says the confirmation is a low point. For the Senate, for the court, for the country. Telling Americans who think the process was a sham to vote. Fox's Jared Halpern on Capitol Hill. President Trump holding another campaign rally in Kansas Saturday night. He took aim at Democrats for delaying the confirmation of Justice Kavanaugh. They threw away and threw aside every notion of fairness, of justice, of decency, and of due process. Nobody's seen anything like it. The president says he'll hold a ceremonial swearing in for Kavanaugh in the White House Monday night. America's top diplomat left Tokyo for Pyongyang Sunday after pledging that the U.S. will coordinate with allies Japan and South Korea on efforts to persuade North Korea to give up its nuclear weapons. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo meeting Saturday with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. He's trying to unify the country's positions as he looks to arrange a second summit between President Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Japan's been wary of the president's initiative, fearing it could affect its longstanding security relationship with the U.S. Pompeo saying it's important to hear from the Japanese leader so we have a fully coordinated and unified view. This is Fox News.